Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hey there, Daniel Fava here, and if you don't know me, I'm the host of the Private Practice Elevation podcast, where I share online marketing strategies and interviews to help private practice owners attract more clients and scale their businesses. The Private Practice Elevation podcast is part of the SiteCraft network of podcasts, and I'm super excited to be part of this network alongside Aaron and Nathan and the great work they're doing. If you haven't discovered the Private Practice Elevation podcast yet, you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as we explore topics like building an effective website for your private practice, search engine optimization, content marketing, and copywriting, as well as my conversations with experienced private practice owners about scaling a practice, outsourcing, team leadership, and all the things that are going to help you elevate your business and create the life you love. Be sure to check us out at privatepracticeelevation.com for resources and content to help you in your online marketing journey. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. I'm trying to use like different intonation. (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. (laughs) Let's stop there. (laughs) I need to work on it sounding more natural (laughs) because you're like, and turning it off. (laughs) I don't know why this episode didn't get any listens. Beyond 10 seconds. Because they did not want to listen all the whole for the rest of the time. Exactly. And if you're if you're just listening, you have to watch the video. Go to our, our YouTube channel and watch the video of Nathan saying that. Because it was good. It's worth it. Well, okay. So we are going to talk today about couples counseling. Many of you may know that uh, this is the Shrink Think podcast. <laughs> if you don't, how in the world did you find us? <laughs> right. Shrink Think podcast. Uh, somebody else put it in well, your phone. Oh, that sounds good. Beep. You were like at work and you found your phone. You're like, what's this? Somebody put in Shrink Think podcast. Okay, I guess I'll listen. I think that actually has happened to some people. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and you know what? If it hasn't, if you're one of those people, try it out. Grab somebody's phone, search up the Shrink Think podcast, and just subscribe on their phone. <laughs> Please. They'll love you for it. Exactly. Probably not true. Then listen to our episode on remorse. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I'm bringing up the Shrink Think podcast because we also have this service, this other company that's called Shrink Think, right? Shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast. But Shrink Think is our educational videos service that we have that we we sell to therapists and we want clients to watch all these videos to essentially learn how to orient to therapy. And so today we're actually talking about orienting couples to counseling because it's one thing if you're an individual to go to therapy, you know, it's like, well, what do we talk about? Um, how do you know what to say? All that kind of stuff. And we've broken that down 
on this podcast before. And I think we've talked about couples counseling on some level, but not a ton. This is like actually orienting you to couples counseling. Like, what do I need to know going in? And I think you said originally, which I really liked, it's like, yeah, this is why we need to talk about it. It's not just one person multiplied or copied and pasted and it's like okay just do that twice <laughs> right. it's, it's a lot more complex individual counseling times two <laughs> it is not that so this is actually if you're a listener and you're just a, a client you maybe you're going to couples counseling or considering going absolutely this is for you and if you're a therapist listening this is absolutely for you as well because these are things that if you haven't done couples counseling before these these are things that are great for you to know or if you have done it, then maybe these are good reminders of things that maybe you've forgotten or just maybe it's just validation for things that you're already doing. Right. So the, there, there is a substantial difference as a therapist between couples counseling and individual counseling. Most therapists, and I, and I tell clients about this when they go like, hey, I think I'm going to go to couples counseling. Do you have a recommendation? And I'm like, I do have a couple, but, but the reality is there, there's a couple of key differences right off the bat. A couple of key differences with oh, couples yes. counseling. Well I see played. what I did there. Nice. Kind of. Anyway, one of those is that a lot of therapists are very intimidated by couples counseling. They don't want to do it. So it really is a niche because therapists come, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't, I'm going to have more than one person in the room. I don't know what to do with that. And then on the other side, there's this little thing called insurance, which there is a debate, I think, in therapy land around how to bill, what to bill, and all that kind of... There is a specific way to do it. We don't necessarily need to get into all that, but that's the other side of the coin. Yeah, and just the bottom line, I think, with insurance is insurance does not cover couples counseling. Insurance, like if you have a relationship and you're like, we have relationship issues and we want to bill for the relationship or whatever, insurance does not typically cover that specifically. But if you're trying to go you know, and bring your partner in to deal with with some other issues, you can definitely talk to a therapist about it. We're not going to get into the nuances of it, but that's just kind of the bottom line that everyone needs to know is you can't bill for relationship counseling. Right. Think of it like this too, is you can bill because you got a broken leg. It's your broken leg. You can't bill because your family's stressed out about the broken leg. Right. <laughs> right? Like, Mike, can we, we have a lot of stress in our family, so we would like that to be paid for by the broken leg insurance? Like, right. no. Like, I just wanted to clarify the relationship component. They have to do specific issues. But with couples counseling as a therapist, it is different work. You are way more active. So therapists, for example, that like to do triage, they have worked maybe in an emergency situation and working with psychological issues that are on the fly. Those therapists, if they haven't considered it, I would say like you probably would dig couples counseling because it like popcorns around quite a bit. I mean, you are, you are managing a lot that's in the room. And that's what you're used to doing in the ER or those urgent care situations. Right. And on the other side, some therapists, there is a more full perspective with couples counseling. It's interesting because when you get to where you're the couple's counselor, and then these people have two individual counselors, and those individual counselors are calling you and saying like, well, this really needs to happen because of blah, 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 and you're in your mind going like, okay, well, number one, first of all, you do have to get permission from your entire couple, like both from both people to talk to one person's individual therapist, because there's no way you can have that conversation. Actually, it can be done, but it's difficult. Yeah, because essentially what you're doing is they like if your client is, you know, if we're talking about like Bill and Sally here and we're going to talk to um, Bill's individual therapist, you can't release Sally's 
private information or anything that Sally has said in the session without Sally's permission, even though you're talking about Bill's individual therapy, right? And vice versa. If we're talking to Sally and her therapist, then we can't release anything about Bill to Sally's therapist unless both have consented. Right. So where I was going with that is, and even as it's funny, because as we do this, we're going to run into this like, oh yeah, there's this one more thing because that's couples counseling. But the interesting thing is as a therapist with individual, with an individual client, which we've done a gajillion times ourselves, there is one perspective, just one that you're hearing. And it can be entirely different. I, I'll give you, I'll give you one example. And this doesn't happen in every single, I, I don't do couples counseling the same way all the time. I just don't do it that way. Like at some kind of program or whatever. So sometimes I'll bring one person in for like one or two sessions, or what will happen is a person will come in, they will want couples counseling and they will say, okay, I'd want to see if this is going to work or not. I will tell them that's fine, but I can't see you more than a couple times without this other person coming in because it's no longer going to work. They're going to think that you and I are in cahoots and now we've got a big thing against them. And because and there's this whole like alliance, therapeutic alliance balance that we're trying to hold at all times. If you have too much contact experience, you know, whatever, too many sessions with one person that gets imbalanced towards that one person. And it's not necessarily that we as the couples counselors are on anybody's side. It's not like we're intentionally choosing that. We just have had more experience with that person. We know you better and we have more comfort, right? Because we've worked together more and that is going to be felt. Right. And then in my example, the first person that comes in is the is the husband. And no, never. That doesn't, I know. That's, it that did doesn't happen. happen. Sorry. <laughs> that's a realistic example. <laughs> well, in this situation, I just am so concerned about my marriage. My wife doesn't want to come to counseling. I really want to work on us because I believe in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. But you've had this happen where the wife did find me mm-hmm. in this scenario, but it was never going to work unless the husband Got felt like it was okay and get on board. So yeah. he basically went like, okay, I'll go first. Because if it was, he was going to be the, the X factor. So he gets on, he's explaining stuff. And as he's explaining things and how the different emotional emotionality is going on, I actually came to the conclusion after the second time I met with him, I'm like, man, his wife actually might have borderline personality disorder. Like in my mind, um, because there were certain things that he was saying that I was like, there's simply no way that, I mean, he, he's not making this up. He doesn't even know that what he's saying sounds like this other disorder. It's not like he's trying to characterize her in a certain way, like, and, and like secretly get me on board. And so anyways, this goes down and I'm like, no, Nate, don't, don't buy it. Don't buy in anything. You've done this long enough. And so she comes in and at first for the first half hour, I'm like, man, it still could be there. But after a while it came to basically what she's a person who wears all her emotions on her sleeve. It's she's just out there with everything. And it's just a personality thing. It had nothing to do with anything other than just being her personality. It's not a personality disorder thing. (laughs) It's just a personality. Right. 
thing. That's it. And, and she only has one, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not a multiple personality right. thing. Right. So I give the example because I'm telling you, if you haven't done couples counseling, and one of the things that can happen is when you see that separation and they come in, it's like you are in a, like it hurts your brain because like everything that you thought is not happening all of a sudden. Well, okay, let me, and I'll just give this another little flavor of an example. You and I have actually worked with I think maybe just one, if not a couple of clients where you were seeing one individual, I was seeing the other individual, and then we came together, the four of us, because they Mm. each wanted their individual therapist to be in the session to be like, hey, my partner is like, you know, triggering me and I need your help to like see to help me when I'm interacting with this person. And I will never forget. It's like you see one version of the person, right, individually. And then the partner is in the room and all of a sudden you're looking at a completely different person. You're like, whoa, the partner just brings out a completely different side of this individual that you thought you knew that is just very, very different that you just don't see. And they don't see it. They might know that they're like a little bit you know, activated or we get in more heated than I normally would or whatever. But it's like if you're that individual person in the relationship, you just it's like you can't see objectively you can't see outside yourself and then you can't describe what that is like but if you're the couples counselor you're seeing it and you're like wow okay this is very different so i think this is what you're referring to is that couples can be very different from the individual sessions i will do couples counseling but when i say this i mean triage in situations where i've worked with the individual for a long time and they have like some major blow up Like there's usually it's like an affair or something like that. I have to bring him on just for one. I just need like to be able to say these things. I can't do it without, you You know, like can't do it by myself. He's not going to listen, whatever. So I'd been working with a person for years, knew this person super well. And you thought you knew. (laughs) (laughs) And, and very reflective, super mental health forward very understanding of themselves. You challenge them. They're like, yep, I totally do that. This person gets on the phone and it was like somebody went, game on. And it was like, (laughs) what? I mean, they went off. It turned into this whole melee. And I'm sitting there going, wait, wait, wait. I don't even know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason I'm bringing all this up is because couples counseling is not individual times two. And this is why you're saying you need to be more active or be more directive because that kind of stuff can go down. And and it's not necessarily like, I mean, you don't want that to happen, right? If you're the couples counselor, your job is to maintain a sense of safety in the room for everybody, everybody to like share what they need to share, but also like um, safe feeling what they feel. And if there are these like melee attacks where things are getting out of hand, It's your job to step in and say, "Okay, hold on, time out, which does happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Couples can get into it or somebody can start just really like jabbing at the other person. Mm -hmm. You're like, "Okay, that's this is not okay." Yeah, I've sent people out of the room. Exactly. If you cannot continue to communicate, you know, in in a respectful way towards your partner, then we need to break this up and you need to get out of the room. And then we need to talk about how to later on how to do this moving forward in a way that can be safe for everybody. So you've got this job as a couples counselor, that's an individual comes into the room. Obviously, you know, everybody is like, I'm going to create a safe, warm, loving, non-judgmental space for you where you can share all them things. Like that's easy, (laughs) right? But when it's a couple, it's not just, oh, I want to create a safe, warm space. It's like, okay, everybody, you go to your corner, you go to your corner 
and I will ding the bell when it's, you know, safe to kind of, you do sometimes need to be a lot more structured with that. And that's not to say that you need to be like that structured, but sometimes you need to be able to and ready to do that. Because here's the other thing with couples counseling, you're not just looking at the individual times two, right? You're looking at two individuals and the dynamic between them. And so as a couples counselor, or if you're the, if you're part of the couple, the counselor is looking at each person like, okay, what are you trying to say? What might you be feeling? What is it that you're trying to get from, you know, like, what's your emotional need going on here? And then they're trying to assess that for both partners. But then they're also looking and observing at how the other person is responding to those bids, mm-hmm. right? And that's a whole like dynamic mm-hmm. that's not just about the one individual. It's, yep, it's the other side of that where I think some of what you're going, at least you've set me up like T-ball, is we're also trying to consider whether or not the other person can receive what it is that they're saying. So it might be frustrating for you as a client sometimes thinking like, why can't I just say whatever this happens to be? Because your therapist is resisting that a little bit. And the resistance is probably, and I would say only coming from the perspective of your partner probably is not in a place to be able to receive that yet. There's more work to be done in order for you to actually be heard. Yeah. And so if you were the person that's speaking, you might have the experience where you're trying to talk, but you're like being stopped or stifled or shut down by the therapist, the couples counselor, because like what you're saying, Nate, is like maybe your partner can't receive it. And if you keep going, I always like to say, like, you can't convince somebody of something they don't want to be convinced about. But if you continue to try to convince them, it's just going to push them away and cause them to shut down more. And so your couples counselor may actually be stopping that before it gets, you know, too late. And there, there are situations like with my own self, I'll tell people, I literally said stuff that one person will understand and the other person won't care. Like, or I'll say something like, I understand where you're going right now. And it's important. It's, yep. It's an important place to be. And I agree with you. It, it needs to come out of there. You need to say it. And it's probably, I'm going to need you to be more patient because it's going to be a different time frame than you would like. It's just going to be. But I'm not going to necessarily say in that situation, like, because he can't handle it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> right. not going to exactly. say that. That's, but that's kind of what's happening, right? <laughs> right. Right. So couples counseling, again, we've talked about it, not the same. So the other component for the for you as a couple when you're when you're deciding whether or not you want to do couples counseling it does matter the vibe of the therapist and whether or not they can quite frankly vibe with you. I mean there are strong personalities sometimes and there's strong personalities as couples. I mean I feel like most of the few couples it's like the microphone came down out of the ceiling and it was like let's get ready to rumble like and I'm like wait no we're not doing the game here and you have to step in And I think a lot of therapists do understand that being that assertive and confident does matter. And if you're a therapist with a lot of imposter syndrome, you're not going to want to do couples counseling. It's going to feel like you're just completely exposed, right? (laughs) Right. These people are going at it and they know that I'm not capable. (laughs) And in a certain sense, that's kind of what's happening. It doesn't mean you're not capable. It just means you're not stepping into that confidence, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say this on a simplicity scale, though, just from like both to therapists and both also to couples is that in reality, you're really just looking at a very potentially superficial dynamic. If you can actually just make a difference in communication where communication happens and you really, even if you just slow things down, which it needs to happen a lot in couples counseling, it's a huge component in teaching that type of way to communicate. 
a lot happens in couples counseling very quickly that does not happen in individual therapy, which is why a lot of you couples counselors dig it. And those couple counselors that are true blue are like, man, individual therapy just takes too long and it's not exciting. Couples counseling is like, boom, we get stuff done. So that's kind of why it's kind of a super interesting and different. So a couple of things I want to kind of expand on just as we close out the episode here. You said like you need to slow things down in couples counseling. On the one hand, it is very exciting because it is very dynamic. There's a lot happening. You know, one person says one thing and the other person can immediately have a big reaction or have a response that has all kinds of history that's going to it. And then the first person can then respond again. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this is just like in a matter of seconds. Right. So in a sense, a lot can happen. But you need to be directive in the sense that when you're slowing it down, you might have to say, wait, what what do you mean when you say that? Or you said this and your partner responded this way. What did you hear them say? Right. This is just literally one little exchange that you might need to slow down. And that can feel frustrating if you're the couple. But it's because you've just sort of taken for granted that the way you communicate is the way you communicate. And that might actually need to change. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I want to also say that's very different is a lot of the time couples will want to speak to the couple's counselor and kind of like, you know, when you're like, let's get ready to rumble. It's kind of like your honor. You know, (laughs) my defendant, me, you know, did this. The plaintiff over there is the one that whatever. It's like, we're not the judge here. We're not the one that's deciding. I mean, yes, we step in and we can validate certain things, obviously. But we it's really important for you as the couple to communicate with each other, because otherwise then you're against each other, you know, looking to us, the couple's counselor to sort of solve your problems. And again, there might need to be some structure that gets put in place there some kind of parsing through stuff. But ultimately, it's your relationship and you too need to work on communicating with each other, responding to each other. Because when you're at home and you're talking to each other, there ain't no therapist there, right? I mean, I've tried to figure out a way to like be on call so I can, you know, like be in your ear. (laughs) Well, that's easy. Just get the phone number. Like those spy, you know, sort of movies or whatever. But it just, it's not going to happen. You need to be able to know how to speak for yourself to your partner when you're activated. One unabashed plug. I know we're, we're running a little short on time. I do want to say there's a couple times where couples therapy is probably not for you. And the, the biggest one is domestic violence. Right. If, if you have active domestic violence in the relationship, couples therapy is not where you are going. You are going to individual therapy. And for couples counselors out there, counselors that maybe don't think them themselves as couples counselors, but they see couples, Go to shrinkthink.com. Unabashed plug. We, I believe, did a great job orienting couples with our videos to therapy. We do a lot for you so your couple is ready to come in and get to work. And they understand what couples therapy is way more than what we've talked about today. Oh, yeah. We, we're, we took everything we talked about in this 20 minutes and we expanded it into like an hour, like multiple videos, multiple different modules about it. Yeah. I am really proud of it, honestly. So uh, with that, little campers, nighty night. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at 
www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 